This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. I don't know what to tell you because it should be very, very apparent, especially over the last three years, going back to the March 2020 event, that that was a highly coordinated worldwide event where everybody was reading from the same script and implementing the exact same process worldwide. And um, so, I mean, folks, folks who don't believe that will have to, at some point, They'll have to do their own research and figure out that what we're talking about here, I mean, th- this is how the world works. So let me just let me just say one thing. I sent Vince an email going back about a week ago, and I said, we have to look at the etymology of the word entertain. And so entertain, the etymology is to keep up, maintain, to keep someone in a certain frame of mind. In other words, to control your mind, to keep you in a box, to keep you controlled. So if I go back to, let me just pull out a piece of paper I have here. It's a summary of Tavistock. So Tavistock, this is a slide I had in one of my presentations, okay? It's called The Hidden Face. And the reason why I call it The Hidden Face is because if you go on Tavistock's site, you know, it's like it's like motherhood and apple pie. But Tavistock is really the world's center for mass mind manipulation and social engineering activities. It's a sophisticated organization used to shape the destiny of the world by changing the paradigm of modern society. So in other words, they're into social engineering, changing things. They have control mechanisms in academia, your colleges, your universities, your schools. They control the Department of Education, you know, uh, through all of their attachments to other organizations. You have to understand this is like a big octopus, this international structure. It's all interconnected. Multimedia, intelligence, the intelligence agencies. We talk about the CIA. We talk about MI6. We talk about the FBI, MI5, the Mossad. All of this stuff is tied in. Medicine, pharmaceutical companies, and drugs. Okay, so the drug, the drug business comes in under, you know, Tavistock, the CIA, like I said, because they're all connected at the hip. Tavistock was heavily uh, funded and involved with the Rockefeller Foundation as well. Just so that, so if anybody wants a U.S. tie to Tavistock, take a look at, you know, the Rockefellers. So their range of disciplines include anthropology, economics, organizational behavior. So in other words, a, a corporate mindset, as an example, um, political science, psychoanalysis, psychology, and sociology. So Tavistock was a follow-on from what was referred to as Wellington House, Wellington, uh, Department of Propaganda for the British military going back to World War I. So when World War I ended in 1918, in 1920, the Tavistock Clinic was created. Now, the Tavistock Clinic if you go into you know their website, you go back into their history, they say that it was created so that they could help soldiers from World War I who were suffering from trauma, from being shell-shocked. So what they're really saying is we're getting into the business of really understanding human psychology is what they're saying. Then in 1947, it became the uh, Tavistock Institute of Human Relations. But in that whole time, Tavistock is involved in understanding the human mind, how to manipulate the human mind, 
how to social engineer. And these, this is done through people that are known as social scientists, you know, people that understand how the mind works. And, um, and as I mentioned, their reach is, is far and wide. And over time, when you, when you're talking about, let's, if they were founded as the Tavistock Clinic in 19, 1920, that's 100 years. A century has gone by in which they are a primary force in, in social engineering. Okay. So that's what we have to understand. And, um, and they are very much into the occult. And as I mentioned before, you read Daniel Estulin's book, I mean, you'll get that in spades. You'll understand that a lot of occultism is brought into how they go about their business. So when we talk about, you know, Taylor Swift, and we'll get into um, Bad Bunny in a moment. Mike, I got to show you something real quick. Yeah, what, what, what did you say about being in a box? Oh, I said they, they want to keep you. They want to keep humanity in a box. They want to keep you contained. They don't want you going outside. There you go. Inside Look a at box. that. I, I, mean, I, I mean, seriously, like, how do you just take that picture? Right. Right. I'd love to know what the two million means. Though. I don't know. I don't know. Very um, interesting, though. But your head being in a box is, is is the same thing as saying that you got your head in a birdcage. Yeah. You're captured. Yeah. Your mind is captured. Yeah. Look at him. I got to want to interrupt. No, no, it's okay. So, you know, what, when I did the Beatle research, and going back to your point, uh, Vince, the, the Beatles weren't very good at all. I mean, when they went to Hamburg in August of 1960, they were marginal at best. Mm-hmm as musicians and they showed absolutely no signs of songwriting. Okay. But we'll leave that for another day. Uh, I'll leave the link to my, my presentations on their music and you'll have a much better understanding of, you know, how they evolved and it wasn't organically. Okay. But once you go through the Beatles and you understand how that inorganic unnatural process took place to put them on a trajectory, to take them from being absolutely, you know, nondescript, uh, you know, group of guys that were banging a drum and playing guitars to worldwide uh, phenomenal status by the time they landed in the U.S. in February of 1964. I mean, when you take a look at that trajectory, it was only three and a half years. Mm. How does that happen? How does that happen? It's not natural. So when I took – I don't follow – Taylor Swift. I mean, I know who she is. Okay. (laughs) But I don't listen to her music and all that stuff. I've seen, I've seen videos that have to do with her stage presentations and all of the occult symbolism that she's flashing or what that's flashing across the screen in, in those video presentations. Mike, do you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but there was, there was a, 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 a phenomenon when she was on this era tour, Mike, they would, they would uh, interview people after the show. Yeah. And I'm talking about people in their 20s. I'm talking about mothers. I'm talking about adults. Bro, there were a large, a large percentage of people that couldn't recall the show. Yes. I, I mean, and I'm not talking about just one. There were a number of people, adult, not 13-year-olds, adults that – didn't remember what they just saw. Can you please explain that to people? Trance state. So what happens is um, these presentations that take place on stage, what happens is, you know, there's a certain, first of all, there's a certain cadence to the music. Also, music has frequencies. And one of the things that is is used 
um, in the military industrial complex is frequency uh, to affect the person's mind or even to affect their body. Okay. So um, George Martin was uh, really uh, very well versed in uh, the effect that frequency, in this case, the frequency of music had on the listener. And that's why myself included, when I, when I would listen to Sergeant Pepper, I remember as a kid, I would listen to the album. I would get images. I could just, the, the music was colorful. In fact, I used to explain to people that I used to love psychedelic music because it just gave me a sense of color all around me. Now, not everybody's going to, going to get these types of um, experiences, but I'm not alone. I, I spoke to another researcher that I had on my show and a uh, cat, and she said she had the exact you know, same types of experiences, right? So in any case, the point being is frequency plays a big part. But the other thing, folks, is the lighting. So if there's a lot of flickering of lights, uh, the way the lights are positioned, strobe lighting, um, that's going to put people into a trance state. And when you take a combination of all that stuff, there are going to be those people, that segment of the audience that's going to trance out. It's like I, Vince knows this. Um, I was a a master certified master hypnotherapist. I was board certified with the International Association of Counselors and Therapists, and I was in practice, private practice, for twelve years. And whenever I brought my clients in, and we were doing sessions, let's just say I was doing a particular session, and it was two hours. And after they came out of the session, they emerged. I would say, "How long did that session seem to you?" They would say, "Oh, twenty or thirty minutes." It was two hours. So there was time distortion. There was just, you know, they lost a sense of time. And this is what I believe is taking place in, you know, in some of these concerts. So that's what's going on there. So there's, there's this hypnotic approach to these shows. And why are they doing that? Because once they get you in trance, then the message or whatever words are being sung, those become the hypnotic suggestions. What we refer to as post-hypnotic suggestions. The reason why we say post-hypnotic means these suggestions leave with you after the session, post the session. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, in my case, I, obviously, I was using hypnosis to help people, to help them lose weight, stop drinking, stop smoking, stop vaping, uh, be a better public speaker, have more confidence and stuff like that. But like everything else, I mean, there's an upside, there's a downside to stuff. And these people are very, very, very good at what they do as far as understanding the human mind, the psychiatry and the psychology of the mind and and trans, and, and um, putting people to trance state and uh, hypnosis. Now, when I looked at Taylor Swift's Wikipedia page, I, I just couldn't believe it. Okay. It was like, first of all, it was like about a mile long. And we have to remember that this this girl is 34 years old, folks. She's only 34 years old. So what I wrote is uh, immediately they talk about pop culture. So what is pop culture? Pop culture is a culture that is spoon-fed to you out of your television set and the media. It's, it's a culture. It's superficial. It's music videos. It's pop music. It's... TV, it's Hollywood, it's movies, it's Netflix, it's hamburgers, okay? That's pop culture. There's, your true culture would be your roots back to your ancestry and the traditions of your ancestors. 
And so what they do is they want to erase all of that. They don't want you to have a connection back to your past and back to your family and back to back to uh, ancestral traditions. They don't want that because those types of values, they're, they're very difficult to break. And this, this is an impediment to them to move forward to where they want to go. This whole hive mind, one world government, one religion, right? Which I believe they want to have in place by the 21st century, but that's a story for another day. So, you know, Taylor Swift is a, what they refer to is uh, as a social influencer, which means she's shaping culture. She's there to shape culture. Another way of saying that is it's social engineering. Tavistock would call it social engineering. So social influencer, shaping culture, social engineering are all the same thing. It's the celebrity culture, right? So um, in fact, they call her followers Swifties. It's a cult. Okay, so Tavistock is in the business also of creating cults. A lead, you have a leader, a cult leader, in this case, a person like Taylor Swift or the Beatles, and they have their legions of followers, fans. Okay, um, it's all about celebrity worship. So the people worship celebrities. So cele- my advice to folks is if you haven't watched this series, it's called American Gods. It was three seasons. American Gods explains how technology is the new God. And what they're doing is, I, I, I talked earlier about how they capture your thoughts. They capture your consciousness. It's really your non-physical energy because your thoughts create. Without our thoughts, we wouldn't have anything around us. You see the guitars behind me. Having a thought and thinking through what a, that guitar should look like and how it should be put together those guitars wouldn't exist. So guitars create reality. It manifests reality. Nothing around you, take a look at anything around you, wouldn't be here if it wasn't a thought at first. So they want to steer your thoughts so they can manufacture their version of their reality. Mm-hmm. Because what, what Luciferians do is Luciferians, Crowley teaches, do as thou wilt, shall be the law, love under will. So what he's saying is, Pursue your true, pure will. And so what Luciferians do is they invest in what it is they want to pursue, what they want to be, how they want to manifest their lives. And then they create an external world that mirrors their internal world. Okay, so that's what they they focus on, mastering their, their what they call their true or pure will. And then creating an external world that mirrors it. What do most people do? 99.99% of the population. They do the absolute opposite. They take the external world and they bring it into their internal being. So they don't have their own internal will. You have embraced the will of an external world that was created by the controllers. And this is what... Many, many people have a hard time understanding. And so what they put out there for you, for everybody, is what's referred to back in Rome. It was called bread and circuses. Feed them. They'll be happy. Circuses. Give them games. Give them entertainment. Keep them occupied with food and, and, you know, just inane stuff. And that will distract them. And while they're distracted, we're going to go do our thing over here. And we're going to reshape the world and society and the culture the way we want the, the world 
to look. That's how it works, okay? So what I looked at, let me just go through Taylor Swift real quick because I'm going to tell you right now, there's nothing organic about Taylor's trajectory, in my opinion. It's the same thing. It's the same model that applies to the Beatles. If you, if you, if you went from the Paul is Dead channel to the Taylor Swift channel, I am 1,000 con- 1, convinced you would be telling us a very similar story. Yeah. So let me just go through a couple of things here real quick, Vince. So I, I took a look at Taylor Swift. And so she was born on December 13th, 1989 from West Reading, Pennsylvania. She's 34 years old currently. You know, the write-up says that she is a tremendous influence on the music industry and she is a prominent cultural figure of the 21st century. So you have to be, you have to pay attention to the words that they use. She is a prominent cultural figure in the 21st century, which means she's shaping culture. It says that she began a professional songwriting at age 14. Do I believe that? A 14-year-old? Not really. She has sold over 200 million records globally. Now, you don't sell those that volume of records unless you have a tremendous machine behind you. Back in the 1950s, you couldn't even get a song on the radio unless you paid payola. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of the music that is that is on the charts today that are you know just banging it on Spotify, this is all predetermined. Artists are placed where the controlling apparatus wants to place them so that they can continue to do their social engineering. She's the only act to have five albums with first week sales of over one million copies in the U.S. She has been featured in lists such as Rolling Stone's 100 Greatest Songwriters of All Time, Billboard's Greatest of All Time Artists, the Time 100, and Forbes Celebrity 100. Now, remember, folks, she's 34 years old. And to be 34 years old and to be considered in Rolling Stone magazine's 100 greatest songwriters of all time, you have to ask yourself, how is this happening? It's happening because it's all fabricated. It's all manufactured. It's all orchestrated. Her accolades include 12 Grammy Awards, a Primetime Emmy Award, 40 American Music Awards, 29 Billboard Music Awards, 23 MTV Music Awards, three IFPI Global Recording Artists of the Year Awards, and 101 Guinness World Records. Okay? So, now, here's the thing. I'm going to get to something else here. Now, the Christian audience, okay? You have to pay very close attention to this because one of the things that the Illuminati did back, the controllers did back in 1962 was to uh, declare war on your faith. So Taylor Swift in her Wikipedia page says she's a Christian. Now, this is a tactic that's used very often. The controllers are looking to dismantle Christianity. Why is that? Because it's in the way of their new religion, which is pagan-based. It's Luciferianism. You can't have Luciferianism. You can't have a pagan-based religion if you've got Christianity in the way. So they put these artists up there, and they say they're Christian. So what happens is then the Christian youth plug into them because they believe what they're doing is they're following a Christian, but it's a tactic. Okay. And now what's going to happen is it's the Pied Piper approach, right? I call the Beatles, the Pied Pipers of, of the age of Aquarius of Crowley's Eon of Horus. Well, Taylor Swift's doing the same thing, right? She's leading you down a path. That's not going to look anything like Christianity at all. 
at all. All you have to do is watch some of her videos and take a look at the occult symbolism that's there. So when she was around 12 years old, a computer repairman and local musician taught her to play guitar. Okay, so this computer repairman comes in, you know, hey, I'm going to teach you how to play guitar at 12 years old. In Nashville, between 2004 and 2008, so now in 2004, she was 15 years old, Swift worked with experienced Music Row songwriters. So Music Row songwriters are the songwriters that are out of um, Memphis. Okay. Um, Troy Vergas, Brett Beavers, Brett James, Mac McAnally, and the Warren Brothers. And she formed a lasting working relationship with Liz Rose. Now, how does a 15-year-old kid foster those connections unless she was on the radar and connected in, in some kind of program going back many, many years ago, All right, back when she was a kid, a kid, kid, she's still a kid at 14 or 15. I'm talking yeah. about yeah. when she was like a young kid, various pop and rock artists have also influenced Swift. She lists Paul McCartney. Now, this is something that a lot of bands, a lot of artists do. They they will refer back to the Beatles or Paul, or Paul McCartney. And why is that? Because the Beatles are foundational to all the genres of music that came after them. Think of the Beatles as the foundation of that house that they're building. So they're paying homage to the Beatles and to, quote, Paul McCartney, which, of course, is Billy these days, right? That's what they're doing. Mm. Um She's described as a music chameleon. That's because she started off in country. And the reason why she started off in country is because that's another thing that they needed to do. They needed to take the mindset of the the country uh, music fan, which is rural for the most part, uh, guns for the most part, Christians for the most part, right? And now they need to reshape them. They need to transform them and move them over to a different mindset. And I, I mentioned that she was referred to as one of the greatest songwriters of all time by several publications. This is in Wikipedia. I'm not making this up, right? This is for the audience. Now, it goes on to say that Swift has made a profound impact on the music industry, popular culture. I just explained pop culture, the economy and beyond. She dominates cultural conversations and hence publications describe her as a cultural vitality or zeitgeist. What's a zeitgeist? A zeitgeist is a movement. They're describing Taylor Swift as a movement. New York Magazine's Jody Rosen dubbed Swift the world's biggest pop star and opined that the trajectory of her stardom has defied established patterns. Mm. Of course it's defied established patterns because she's a manufactured entity. That's why. According to publications, they don't say which ones, Swift changed the music landscape forever. And her ability to popularize any sound in mainstream music is one of her strong points. So she's she's moved uh, from different genres of music, started with country, and then she moved into rock. I think she did some techno and stuff like that. So what they're doing is they're moving her into different genres of different spaces so that she can take the influence that she has with her followers, the Swifties, right? And they can affect different aspects of, of, of music or different listening experiences, different groups of people, different segments of the population. Um, Swift's music, life and image are points of attention in global celebrity culture. So we're back to celebrity culture. 
Back mm-hmm. to pop culture. Senior artists such as Paul McCartney, Mick Jagger, Madonna, Madonna, okay, <laughs> uh, and Dolly Parton have praised her musicianship. Car- Carol King regards Swift, her professional granddaughter, and thanks Swift for carrying the torch forward. Springsteen, Springsteen is, in my opinion, another fraud. Okay. While Ringo Starr, listen to this now, Vince. Now, while Ringo Starr and Billy Joel considered Swift the Beatles' successor. That's in the Wikipedia page. So she identifies as a pro-choice feminist. She advocates for LBGTQ rights. Swift's net worth is $740 million. She's 34 years old. So the reason why I mentioned pro-choice and LBGT um, is because these are these are part of the agendas that are in play right now. Well, okay. d- let, let me let me add to that, Mike, because uh, this this is th- th- like th- this blew my mind, Mike. You know, like usually when there's a celebrity romance, yeah, the paparazzi are catching them. You know that goes on for a couple of months, and then they go out in public. That's that's usually the way it's done, right? Well, Travis Kelsey and. And Taylor Swift came out of nowhere. There there, there was no courtship. There was no nothing. Now, when you break that down, something very interesting happened. And I'm just piggybacking off of what you are saying. Taylor Swift is not political. She She is not the jab no jab girl because she doesn't want it, she doesn't want to divide her audience. So when it comes to stuff like that, she she doesn't go anywhere near it. Well, all of a sudden, this famous football player, Travis Kelsey, comes out with a series commercial with a series of commercials of get the vax, get the vax. Right. Next thing we know, he's dating Taylor Swift. Now, Taylor Swift, who won't come forward and say either way, get the facts or don't get the facts. She not only is endorsing, she is dating somebody at the same time they're saying. Meanwhile, Mike, during the, 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 the football games on Sunday, when they keep showing her up in the, in the press box, they are playing Travis's, uh, commercial, get the facts, back to back with the Eras Tour commercial of Taylor Swift, back to back. Right. And I'm like, how in the world can people not see that? I know it's completely manufactured. So, so with her not talking about the vax, that's because that's that's scripted for her. She's not going to talk about that because she had they have her at a certain place to do certain things. And like you said, Vince, then you have Travis Kelsey. Well, you know, he's another one. I mean, I, I did some research on him too. So, you know, he's he, he, I think he's been on the radar as well for you know for quite a while. And um, so to, to talk about, you know, um, their relationship, this is what I found here. Um, the alleged the alleged relationship between Kelsey and Swift had considerable impact on NFL viewership. Mm-hmm. Money, 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 right? Just not only money, viewership, merchandise. They had, they had right. to make a Swifty jersey. Right. <laughs> right. It says um, – they said with the Chiefs-Bears game drawing the most television viewers of the weekend – Kelsey's jersey sales increased by 400% and an increase in sales of Chiefs home game tickets were also documented because I I guess the Swifties are going to expect her to be in the booth, right? Yes, yes. 
So this is folks, what, what this is, is this is the, this is celebrity culture. And when you're in celebrity culture, you're worshiping, mm-hmm. you're worshiping these people. And when you worship people, you disempower yourself and you're giving up your own authority. So you have to understand that this is what they're, this is what they're, they're putting together. It's this pop culture. It's this, this meaningless, inane culture that has no benefit to you unless you think Netflix and hamburgers and stuff like that is a way of life. And when we talk about football games, I'm not knocking, you know, watching a football game. I was a huge Giants fan back in the day. But when you're, when you're too connected into that stuff, that's the, when I talked about in Rome, bread and circuses, the circuses part, football is the circuses part, baseball, hockey, wrestling, wrestling, basketball. That's the circuses part. That's to keep you distracted. That's to keep you over there in that corner as much as they possibly can so that you're not taking a look someplace else at things that are far more important that are going to impact your life. Don't look over there because what we're doing over here, legislative, uh, legislatively, with laws and stuff like that, you, we don't want you to know about that stuff. Yeah, We're going to pass that stuff at, you know, in the middle of the night over Christmas vacation or whatever. So you just keep, you just pay attention to your television set over here. All right, just to wrap her up. Again, folks, she's 34 years old. 10 studio albums, four re-recorded albums, six films, seven concert slash documentary films, and six live performances. Okay? That's a lot. That is a lot. And um, so, like I said, this is the same model that you see all the time. Once you see the patterns, once you see how... Um, this is all put together. There's a story. It's a narrative. And these stories are put out there. I've said that official narratives, which are official stories, that's what makes the world go round Mm -hmm. because that's what you're reading in the newspaper. That's what you're reading online. That's what you're listening to on your television set is official narratives. Are they true? Uh, In most cases, no. Okay. Um, There's a lot of, uh, Lack of truthfulness in a lot of those stories and what you're fed, but you don't know any better because you trust it, mm-hmm. you know? So in any case, all right. So I, I don't want to bang on here about with Taylor Swift, but it's clear that, you know, she's a, an engineered manufactured person. Yeah, m- m- much like bad bunny that reaches a whole other different demographic. He had 40, he has, I took a look at him, 46 million viewers, uh, subscribers, I should say, or followers on Instagram. 46 million? I also read that he did some wrestling or something. Yep. 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 Mike. Oh, Mike. <laughs> Mike, I could, I could I could talk to you all day, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's always such a great conversation with you, man. I don't know, Vince. I don't even know how I got into all this, to be honest. <laughs> Sometimes I listen to myself and I think, you know what? I I need to take a break. And I do take a break every once in a while, you know. In fact, I, I took a break going back about a couple of weeks ago to the end of the year. But I, whenever, you know, you and I want to get together, then. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I got a know? whole, like, I was like, uh, man, I went into the um, back masking 
Oh. Uh, rabbit hole the other day, and I'm like, I gotta. That's a whole other show, man. That that is a whole other show. If you want to listen to some uh, back masking and it's crystal clear, play Stairway to Heaven backwards. Yeah. And um, Robert Plant is singing about Sweet Satan. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not making this up. In fact, you can find the uh, the back masking on YouTube. A lot of people have yeah. pulled that one yeah. up. And uh, like I said, that's not one of those back masking examples that you have to kind of like, you know, uh, is he really saying that? It's pretty clear. Yeah, no, that that was part of the uh, documentary. All right, Mike, listen, I know you are at sageofquay.com. I am. The Paul is Dead channel. Yep. I want to know, how can they listen to your music? That's what I want to know. Can we drive people to your music? Yeah, so just go to my, my hub website, sageofquay.com, and there's a whole section there that will uh, take you to my my music. So you can go to my actual music website, which is laboroflovemusic.com, or you can click the Reverb Nation link or the SoundCloud link, and that'll take you to my music. I have three albums out. I released um, uh, No More Gods in May of this year, so it's, it's pretty recent. And I just released a new single, I Want to Fly, uh, yesterday. So that's up on my uh, Reverb Nation SoundCloud um, web pages as well. Now, if we play that backwards, uh, will I find anything in that record, Mike? I hope not. I mean, I, <laughs> I didn't intend to do any back masking, but, uh, you know, that would be an interesting little exercise to do, you know, to see if there's anything. And listen, since Mike has all this wisdom and all this knowledge, the next time I have Mike back, uh, he is going to be, he is going to have 20 platinum albums. Uh, he is going to be worth $590 billion. For, yeah, Mike, of all people to shut up, give Mike a deal like Taylor Swift. Yeah, that's not going to happen. You know why, Vince? Because first of all, to take that deal, you got to play in their sandbox. No way, man. No way, Absolutely man. Absolutely not. No way. Absolutely not. All right, everybody. Mike, I'm going to hit you up after the first of the year, man, because we, we we just scratched the surface here today. Anytime. It's, it was really enjoyable. I love talking to you, man. All right, everybody. The great Mike Williams, Sage of Quay, Paul is Dead Channel. Check out his music. Boom, boom, boom.